Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That music, of course, means we welcome to the program Eric Halftime, Memphis Grizzlies Radio Network play-by-play announcer. Eric's surprising road trip split. I guess I'll ask you this. From having been in person at both games, what was the more fun win, the Toronto win or last night? I think last night, Toronto, you know, had made the moves they made, but it, I don't know. Like, did last night, because you had Luke Kennard, you had Santi Aldama. Um, Just the unexpected nature of last night? Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> you had four guys. Uh, I don't know if you saw this on, on the So the, the uh, note the, that I saw the was Twitter. they had – it's four guys that were either on two ways or had been on two ways. Or st- are still on two ways or were on a two way to start the year. Which and then I think employed. the AP story noted that the Grizzlies had uh, – it was like nine – like eight of the nine – if you took out Jaron Jackson's, like it was $35 million of payroll versus, you know, Jimmy Butler, which I would assume, you know, his whole contract's more than that. Probably. Uh, Bam on a bio's up there. Tyler Hero's yeah. up there. Um, yeah, they combined for almost 70 points, you know, between four guys. And when we added up, you, you basically split the point guard minutes dead even between Scottie Pippen Jr. and Jacob Gilliard. And uh, they 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 combined for really good numbers. Maybe a couple more turnovers than, than you'd like, but it wasn't awful. Um and you can attest those turnovers to they haven't really played with these guys. Gilliard has. Scotty Pippen had played one game and for, you know, mop up time. And, and they haven't even had any practices, I think, since he joined no, the team. No, like, it's just it was too hard to I mean they had practice. They had, they they look, they don't have formal practices a lot, you know, when you're on a road trip like that, but they'll have optional shooting and work. And here's the thing about this group. A lot of guys go to optional shooting and work. I, you know, I, I see him coming back from the arena, and you see this busload of people get off, and you're like, dude, optional when you have a veteran team usually means like three guys go. There were a lot more than that. So these guys are taking this seriously, which is great. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and paint a you know rainbow-colored picture and tell everybody, oh, it's amazing. They're going to make this incredible, you know, unexpected run, and they're going to shock the world. That's probably not going to be the case. But the one thing you know you'll get from these guys when they take the court is they're going to bust their butts. They're going to bust their tails. They're going to go after it. They're not going to, you know, sit back and just go, oh, we're just happy to be here. And we're not going to, you know, try to fight and scratch and claw and do everything we can to get a win. We just, we know we're, you know, we're not as talented or deep as other teams. So, oh, poor us. That's not the way they're thinking. And that's what you have to do to be a pro. And we talked about that. You have to be pro. You have to be a professional. You have to be, um, you know, confident in your abilities. And, you know, there's no better case than that than, than Vince Williams. And, you know, Vince Williams was a guy who was fighting for everything he had. And now Vince Williams gets on, you know, high-level players. And you can just you can see their body language when they look at him and they just go, who is this dude? And why is he up in my grill? 
And Vince is like, yeah, I'm right here. I, yeah, I'm still here. You haven't lost me. You haven't lost well, He's me got yet. a great, crazy person smile. Like, you know, oh, like when he's defending he's someone, gone. he's got the great, yeah. like the smile of like, oh, man, I don't know what to make of this guy, but he's smiling at me right now. Yeah, is right. this guy a psychopath? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of, again, there you go. That's kind of the 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 demeanor is this guy insane like what's wrong <laughs> yeah. with him like Which doesn't is, he know he's you not need, and you need this? at least one of those guys on the roster and there's no, a void you need a guy that that just is in like i forgot where it was maybe it was um i'm trying to remember where it was but it was a star level player and Vince did, wasn't saying a word and the guy just kept saying something I, it was Bruce Brown mm-hmm. is in fact who it was i think it was Toronto and Bruce Brown just kept jawing at him and kept, you know, and Bruce Brown won a title last year. He's not oh, yeah. a, a superstar, but you can just see, he, and he's the only one carrying it on. And Vince is just laughing. Mm. And you're like, this this dude literally doesn't care. He doesn't care what people think about him. He doesn't care whether he's not supposed to be doing it. He doesn't care if a guy that's got a championship ring or has, you know, signed multi-year contracts and has been in the league seven years is chewing him up and down and telling him how bad he is. He doesn't care because you know what he's saying? Um, yeah, I do belong here, and I've earned it, and I'm not going to let you take me out of my game. So uh, it was uh, it, it was fun to watch. And last night, I think, I, they're both gratifying wins because after what happened in Chicago, you go to Toronto and – just so people understand the logistics of this, you know, you stayed we stayed over in Chicago, um, watched the end of the Packer um, Niner game, and as I was joking with my friends on one of the rock stations, you know, one of our great sponsors, you know, season ticket holders, dear friends that own Ghost River Brewing came up because they they're they have a place in the area, so they came up to the game to support the Grizz. Huge Packer fans like me, so we're watching in this sportsbook bar at, at, you know, United Center. And um, apparently the Bulls fans that are there think that Green Bay is named the Bucks or mm. something that sounds like uh-huh. that because there was a lot of that. Uh, it rhymed? Um, mm. Yeah, there was a couple rhymes. There was a mm-hmm. couple words that rhymed with Bucks that were yelled a lot mm-hmm. in our ears. And as uh, the young kicker Anders Carlson missed, um, that was not fun. That's where we kind of looked at each other and went, that's not good at all and and i kind of called it to rob fisher who was with me i said hey here's what's going to happen jordan love's going to try to make a play he's going to throw it <laughs> boy <back>. did he <laughs> and, yeah he sure did and he, if you look at the replay the the right side of the field is <laughs> wide open yeah like dude just tuck that sucker and you can hear eric shouting in the distance <laughs> something that <laughs> rhymes with, with box yeah yeah, yeah. run <laughs> run you crazy you know you know, whatever the uh, Rip Torn character in uh, Dodgeball yelled at uh, Gordon, he was like, "Go, oh, you, you know what? Yeah." yeah so, um, so it was a. It, it, the whole point of that is, it was kind of a down moment. I mean, that, not just for me, but for the loss itself to Chicago was there, and we were all kind of looking around, going, "Dude, that was." Is this what this whole road trip's going to be like? After, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they had come back from down ten. They had a horrible first half offensively, couldn't make a shot. Ball movement was okay. Then they tie the game, take the lead, and you're going like, okay, they've they've gotten into their groove. And then it was like a switch flipped for Chicago, and everything went their way, and nothing 
literally nothing went the Grizzlies way. And you're going like, Oh wow. That I've seen a lot of game momentum flips. And obviously in 23 years, and I've seen a lot of lopsided runs. That was one that will stick with me because that one did seem to break their spirit a little bit. So you get out of there, you go home that night, you're stewing in this, and then you got to fly to Toronto. And oh, by the way, it was freezing in Chicago, like to the point where nobody was going anywhere on foot. It was just that cold, that windy. It had been that way in Minneapolis. And you're like, great, here we go to Toronto. You got to go through customs. You're getting in a little bit later. The airport is like a year away from downtown. And you're just thinking, all we want to do is just get to our room, go watch the Sunday night game somewhere close by, and then just get through the evening. Well, you do that, then you get to the game, and it, it's actually pleasant out. The, the weather's not bad. It's 28, which is not bad compared to where we've been, including Memphis. And so it was weird because you're coming off a loss where it was probably the first time this year I've seen guys really hang in their head, and understandably so. I'm not going to ever knock a guy for being human and just going, what next? You know, because that's what they're going through. And to see the way they came out and attacked that game against Toronto was impressive. But then you go on top of that. After that win, everybody feels great. You're staying over in Toronto. The mood on the plane from Toronto to Miami is fantastic, even though we've got to wait and sit there forever and everybody just wants to get to the warm weather and everybody just wants to get where they've got friends or family down there, which a lot of people did. We were down there going to dinner with some sponsors, and then it's just sitting there and waiting and waiting, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. And then you get to the game and you go, Miami just made that the Terry Rozier's available. Yeah, they're gonna make. They're gonna try to make their statement now. And the first five minutes of the game, Bam Adebayo looks like he's on a mission to humiliate Jaron Jackson. Yeah. And Jaron's making his moves, and, and Bam's getting the better of him. And you're going, okay, wh- where do you get the spark? And these three young dudes, four young dudes, just go, we got you. We'll give you the spark. And it's Scotty, and it's Jacob, and it's Gigi, and it's. Vince Williams, who just came in and started making plays. And I'm watching this, and I I vividly remember this from yesterday. I felt like I could hear myself through the headphones because the arena was so quiet because everybody is looking around going, what is happening here? And it, it was bananas. And just watching, and you saw the confidence grow, and that's what happens. And, you know, I, we talked about this last week. Somebody asked me, you know, in my little pregame thing there at Ghost River that I was telling you about, who am I excited to see play? And I said, Gigi Jackson, because he's going to get a chance. And he's got the NBA size and length and athleticism. And he's just young and he needs to grow up. I've already seen what Vince is capable of doing. And now Vince is like taking the reins and really worked on his craft. Now I'm excited to see Scotty because Scotty last night, as we talked to him, said straight up, I just needed to prove to myself I belong because I was wondering at one point. And I knew I could play, and I knew I was good, and I scored 20 a game in Vanderbilt and then you know had a 41-point game in, in the G League. But that's the SEC in the G League. That's not the NBA. And if anybody understands that, I'm sure it's Scottie Pippen Jr. Because, oh, by the way, the name kind of carries a little lore, and he's been around it all his life. So, yeah, last night was, man, it was it was fun. You know, there's there's not going to be – you know, a ticker tape parade at the end of the season, probably, or almost assuredly. But to watch them grow and develop and to see 
the quote-unquote blessings in disguise of getting guys valuable game experience when they win like that against a team that I do believe, I know they're not playing well right now, I think when they figure out their chemistry yeah. and whatever's not working on the offensive end, I think you better watch out for that Miami team. They showed the last year. All they got to do is make the playoffs, and they'll yeah. be dangerous. Like because That's all they got to do. Their defense is tough. They have the big body in the middle, and they're methodical on offense. They take care of the ball. They value possessions. And as soon as Rozier gets the understanding of that offense and what his responsibility is, and that's an understandable thing to not be able to do first night because you're trying to show your teammates what you can bring to the table, um, they're going to be dangerous. And to split with that with them is, is awesome. To, to look at the road record and have, I think, now more well, 500. on the road. Yeah, I think they're going to win more road games. I think they're going to win more road games this year than they won last year. Yeah. It's almost impossible not to. What did they win last year? 14, 16. 15? Yeah, I think it was 16, 16 total, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're 13 and 12 right now? Yes. So, yeah, barring a uh, barring just a complete and utter collapse. And, oh, by the way, you get to go back to Detroit. You get to go to Charlotte. You get, you get yeah. some uh, – you get some games against the lower levels. Another still got to go to San Antonio, right? I yep. think. Yeah. Still got that. Still yeah. got that in play. And and there'll be some teams. I think that you know well, we do see that. Eric, that Eric Spolstra of, said it right. after the. I don't know if you watched Eric Spolstra's press conference after the game. Like he was kind of like he did not see. He very clearly did not seem panicked at all by how the Heat are playing. But he he kind of said it, and he's right. He goes, "We're in that portion of the NBA schedule where crazy things sometimes happen." And oh, I actually think. And I actually think. In this case, it very well could be to the Grizzlies' benefit over the next month or so because yeah. they are going to play really hard with with these guys. And sometimes that can, you know, these guys are talented enough, and sometimes that can be enough in a game like, you know, in a weird game, if you will. Um, and so, and you're going to catch some games where they're not used yeah. to the three and four nights. You're going to yeah. catch some times where, like, take, for example, this coming weekend, they're going to play – a young, athletic, hungry Orlando team that started out better than they are right now. They've kind of hit a lull, but then they just thumped Miami. They've been off since that time. They have a chance to do something that organization hasn't done in a long time, which is go back to the postseason. And then you're talking about a day off, go play the fastest-paced team in the NBA, and are arguably going to set the record for all of those numbers and just looks to try to run and outscore you. Now, you beat them, but you beat them with Shaw. And, oh, by the way, waiting for you when you get home is a Sacramento team Mm -hmm. that's trying to prove, you know, hey, don't forget about us. You're talking about Minnesota. You're talking about Oklahoma City. You're talking about Denver. Don't forget about us. We're pretty good. We got a dynamic point guard and a big that can do a little bit of everything that's kind of another version of Nikola Jokic. And so, you know, they will look to come in and and do what they did to the Grizzlies the first time they were here, which was take control of the game. So um, they're going to hit those lulls where when you have – seemingly nine, maybe ten guys available. Three and four nights is a lot. It really mm-hmm. is. And they're going to have nights where their legs are dead. And they're going to have nights where you're asking guys that have never really played 33 minutes a game to play 33 minutes a game. And they've got to figure out how to conserve their energy in a game. When to just kind of ease off the gas pedal and coast a little bit. If there's a play you can't really make, you don't have to sprint 94 feet back down for optics anymore. The minutes are yours. And that's a different mindset. You know, that is a different mindset for these guys. You, you want to think NBA players play hard all the time, and they do. But there is a conservative nature to at times where you're like, 
there's a 0% chance I'm catching De'Aaron Fox from five feet behind him. So why sprint full court when he's already got me by two steps? It's just not happening. It's just not, you have to be realistic and, and look at that. So, um, it's going to be fun though. You know, I, I think to watch the development, it's going to be at times you're going, Ooh, it's just not there. But I think the great thing that I've noticed, and I, you know, you guys obviously probably have a better finger on the pulse of the fan base other than just people I talk to live, uh, because of your show, I think people understand. I don't think anybody's out here going, Oh, they should be this. They should be that. I think all of the, you know, what's wrong with the coaches, why is this happening, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff's curtailed. Yeah. Because the one thing you can point to right now that this team has not done, Sands Chicago game, late third quarter when clearly the frustration settled in. They haven't let go they haven't let go of the rope once. They really haven't. I mean they've gotten frustrated. They've had moments, but you've never seen them go out and just go, Wow, that was pretty brutal. Like yeah. that was a brutal effort that just they didn't they didn't bring it. They didn't have it. They didn't try to find it. There have been nights where they didn't have it, but they didn't stop trying to find it. And at some point, you'd realize, okay, it's, it's not going to happen tonight. But And that's everybody. Like you said, Eric Spolster talking about this crazy NBA schedule. Mm-hmm. There's a reason like teams like Detroit aren't owing everything. They're underdogs in every game, but they're going to win some games. You're going to win games. You're going to have nights where your professional players make more plays than the other professional players. Whether they're better professional players than them or not, they were in that stretch of 48 minutes just, you know, because that's the way the game goes. Well, it's interesting you bring that all up because last week when the Warriors were in town, I asked Steve Kerr, you know, like, hey, you guys went through one of these types of seasons back in yep. whatever it was, 2018, 19, I think it was. They actually went through two of them. Yeah. Um, well, but they lead, yeah, what, yeah, you're right. Um, but but they, one, one, one where they were like yes. literally the worst team in the league that yeah. year. Uh, it was the COVID year. It was the year that the, the bubble year. Uh, uh, they didn't go to the bubble because they were so bad. But I asked him, like, do you look back on that? Everyone talks about it like gap year, and obviously they kind of blew the Wiseman pick that they got from it. But um, like, do you look back on that fondly is what I asked. Like, it, you know, that's kind of what people have talked themselves into here in Memphis. Is like, you know what? The Warriors went through this and won a title after it. The Nuggets, to a certain extent, went through this when Jamal Murray got hurt and then came back and won a title. And the point he made is, to, he, he, he said, one, I would never want to go through it again. Like, it sucked. Um, but two, um, he said, that is where you really learn. One, and this might be coach week, but he's like, that's when you really learn whether you have a culture or not is during that season. And then two, he pointed out, he basically said, I don't know if Jordan Poole helps us win a title in 2022 if he doesn't get the playing time that he got during that right. lost gap season. Right. And you're seeing you, – you're pointing it out with the Grizzlies. Like the culture very much still seems to be strong. These guys have not given up. They're not, they haven't thrown in the towel. And then, two, it does appear that they are going to get some tangible pieces from this mess, whether it's Vince – you know, it looks like Vince Williams very clearly is a tangible piece that can help this team next year. And – you know, maybe Gigi Jackson. Uh, you know, I think it's a little too early still on Scottie Pippen Jr., but um, it seems like they're going to at least get something from this, however it ends up going over the next 35, 40 games. Yeah, it's it's exactly, the you know, the, uh, the thing that, like you said, you hope your culture can play through, and then you get to see what these guys can do. And... For Gigi Jackson, it, 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 it's you know an opportunity 
to prove to everybody it wasn't just talk. Okay, hey, I know I screwed up. I, I just turned 19. I know when I went to South Carolina, I had some growing up to do. I know, you know, I, I came in and had these visions of what my basketball life was going to be. And much like, you know, a lot of young guys find out, it's not exactly what you thought. You know, how many, you guys have covered this long enough, how many top-level, high-end high school studs that they say, okay, they're just going to go to North Carolina or Duke or wherever and dominate. I mean, Nasir Little is another great example. Came in, didn't really dominate. Everybody thought he's going to be here, he's going to be gone, and in eight months he'll be a top five pick. Didn't happen. Didn't happen for Jeezy. But he is making the most of that now to to use this. And, again, you look at the timelines have all been pushed up. You know, these guys, they have – it's not like – and here's the thing where Steve Kerr's thing about culture grabs me. Your culture has to be flexible at times, too. You know what I mean? Well, Jordan Poole ought to be flexible because, you know, he got punched in the face by Draymond. Well, that wasn't flexible. Mm -hmm. That was resilience. Yes, that's a good Um, point. But here's an idea. Be flexible when someone tells you stop messing with that man or he's going to punch you in the face. Mm -hmm. um, You should probably listen. But he didn't. And he got punched in the face. Yes, he did. Um, But you look at pressed into service. You know, these guys, they didn't just wake up and go – Hey, what, uh, you know, what are we going to do today with Scotty? What are we going to do today with Gigi? All of a sudden, Hey, our plan was X. It's now Y. we had this developmental plan. They kind of try to stick to it. They use the workouts. They use all these things. And I, I think the, you know, the plans obviously get sped up. I don't think they had any intention initially of getting Scotty Pippen jr. A lot of minutes on the floor, because they wanted him to take the time to learn the offense, to get comfortable. And it was like, um, sorry, kid, you better speed it up and just go play basketball and we'll, we'll learn on the fly. And sometimes that's the best possible solution because in the end, these guys are all basketball players. They played the game all their life. And, yes, there might be some intricacies and there might be some plays, even last night, where you see guys – just completely out of position, completely out of, um, you know, out of rhythm and because they haven't played together. But it's how you handle that and move on to the next one that, that determines where you're going to go. So, yeah, like you, Mark, you said it, you talked to, to Steve Kerr, and a lot of times coaches will love those situations because they like to coach. They'll love the situations because what you said, you get to develop guys for what they can bring to you next year. Now, for Jordan Poole, it's funny that we always bring that one up it also may have helped him get his early exit because he got the money and then all of a sudden he's trying to live up to the contract because I remember vividly last year a game where he came down against the Grizzlies, the January game, the 25th, because they were a month apart, and they're up by like one and he jacks a shot eight seconds into the shot clock to literally where I've I've never, at least calling their games or watching him on TV, seen Steph Curry look at the bench and criticize a teammate until that time. And at that time, I saw him look over and goes, what is the blank, what in the blank is wrong with this kid? You know, like, why Why does he do this? So this is obviously wasn't a first-time thing, um, but maybe the first time people saw Steph visibly frustrated. So there's there's the rub. Now you got to have leadership because these guys are reaching a level of success that they may not see 
when Desmond Bain's back, when Marcus Smart's back, when John Morant's back next year, if Steven Adams is back next year, Brandon Clark's back. They may not get out there and get 25, 27 minutes, double-figure scoring, multiple touches, multiple opportunities. They just may not because that's not where their role is. And that's where you have to say, hey, look, last year was last year. Do what you did. But remember that this is still the the, the – kind of the pecking order of the team doesn't mean you're not important. It means when you're called upon, be ready to go, but you can't go out there and try to be the alpha dog when you've got all-star caliber players that are back and healthy. Hey, Eric, we appreciate it, buddy. Guys, stay, uh, well, I guess it's warmer. Yeah, no, it's, well, it's stay dry now. Yeah, stay dry. Today was one of those days you're like, why did I get a dog? Yeah, bring extra socks. (laughs) It is very sklodgy in the neighborhood, and it was kind of cool, though, because we saw... (laughs) I don't know how Rob Fisher parked his car. By the way, like my brother, so I can give him some grief. We got back to our cars last night. I'm like, did you, like, skate into your parking space? Because he was right next to me. Like, just 45-degree angle, everything? It was, no, it was like a (laughs) 37-degree angle. Pull it all the way forward. I'm like, did your car stall out? No. What is that parking job? No idea it was a week ago. I said, fair point. We're both older now. We can't remember that far back. But just remembering, like, walking across the parking lot and then getting back last night and seeing all the snow gone, it was it was kind of a trip. So it's good to be back, even though it's just for a quick game and then uh, back to Indiana. But, at least but then you're here for a while, at least. Month yeah. of February, you get to sleep in your own yeah. bed a lot more. So... Well, uh, the all-star breaks in there, and believe me, yeah. we will be, uh, I'll be endeavoring uh, with my son to, because he's kind of paid the brunt of this, so I'm going to take him on a little trip uh, uh, out of town and, and go uh, visit a mouse and a, and a wizard down there. Oh, in the, there down you go. Florida. There you go. Yeah. That'll be fun. Eric, we appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Stay, stay safe. That was Eric Hasseltine, uh, your voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, your play-by-play voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN.